0: Welcome, one and all, to Picard, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Star Trek universe. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Bonjour, Pete.
1: Who knew a little cybernetical authoritarianism was the answer? Picard, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek for the season three penultimate episode, part nine box comes to you now via carpet
0: pete round the carpet we go yesterday we were talking uh the mandalorian uh, itself the penultimate episode of its season the finale that means coming this week that's right two space-based finales in the same week uh it's madness madness
1: our podcast is
0: up and star wars
1: is back again again
0: Indeed, Pete, funny how it's always sunrise and sunset for Star Wars and Star Trek. Uh, Sunrise definitely over at Star Wars. Indeed, the celebration convention that concluded at the the beginning of this past week, uh, a rousing success.
1: Yes, and we have a comprehensive Star Wars Celebration Europe podcast up there for you on our pop culture podcast feed give you all the announcements the insight all the doings
0: on the tv and the film side for star wars also in the last week week and a half uh we did a uh, a podcast review of the super mario brothers movie which as we are recording this is wrapping up its uh best second weekend ever for illumination and uh, expected to cross $600 million in the next couple days. So a big success there for the the little engine that could uh, <laughs> that is the Super Mario Brothers movie.
1: Super crossover success there, and our podcast on the Pop Culture Podcast feed for you, available as well.
0: Pete, as we make our way back to Star Trek here, what is on your space radar for Star Trek Legacy before we land squarely on Picard? So
1: I just want to be clear, Matt, because they're being clear. Star Trek Legacy, totally not in development, is is not a thing that is being developed. They are not developing it right now. I, I just want to be clear on that before I explain the rest. Or, or Do you understand what I'm putting down, that it's not a thing right now?
0: I, I, I do see the Terry Maddles quote that you sent me, that most of the quote is in kind of you know normal uh you know capitalization and punctuation all of that then in all capitals there is nothing in development this is regarding a a a spinoff of shaw of titan of spinoff of picard in uh capital letters there is nothing in development at paramount so that seems pretty emphatic seeing as how some things have been in uh development for star trek for since like night you know like 2016
1: Yes. So in in light of that super important disclosure, Matt, and the death of a character, we'll talk in due course of the recap here. uh, It still doesn't curtail potential involvement of that character because they've, they've got it figured out how to bring that character back in a thing that's totally not developing right now.
0: It's almost like Terry Madalus is mentally—I can't think of a word—like mentally taking something through phases of creation. Uh, is there—is there, there one—is there like a Hollywood word to describe that thing when you take a bare bones idea and just kind of add, 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 sometimes subtract, add, and build it out? What's that? What's that word?
1: Development.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, also, this weekend, Pete Sir Patrick Stewart was at Deadline's contenders panel. Uh, some great quotes there. The 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 core of the message being that so many thought that the next generation would get canceled during the first season. And here we are all these years later, the cast still a family. There's so much love between them and uh, some great reflection there from SPS.
1: And putting that all together with the reveal in this episode, spoiled somewhat by photos that had leaked out. Uh, A couple months ago of the restored of the reconstructed uh, Enterprise D bridge, albeit with compromised lighting uh, and the carpet, both of which controversial amongst some people, Um, you know, the love letter that this is to the next generation and at last year in the penultimate episode, putting all these pieces out uh that what will surely go up over the
0: next month as they're reported are, are you, Peter, you talking about those Nielsen streaming ratings?
1: Yes, you know the things that are super current that you know this nostalgia charged third and final season of Star Trek Picard, uh people are watching it a month ago
0: i don't know why the nielsen streaming ratings report so late but you know many people in the last couple of days saw that star trek picard had cracked the cracked the top 10 should be slight asterisk pete it's not top 10 overall it's top 10 for uh new series so things like for example you know ncis is perpetually in the top 10 a lot of people just watch ncis nonstop on netflix that kind of thing um but of course you know we're only talking about new shows anyway so picard's in the top 10 and really really great bit of context uh on twitter from patrick patterson that's at pdp does trek on twitter um because when i saw that i was like oh good for picard oh i guess that's why they got rid of disco and dot 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 uh, Patrick Patterson said, "Let's be clear. Paramount Plus just joined the Nielsen streaming measures, so this doesn't preclude that other Trek series could have been previously top ten. They were just not measured." And yeah, I had said, "Oh, that's the
1: time thinking that you know all the attention that Strange New Worlds had. Oh, this is this is the Star Trek I've always wanted and never gotten again. Um, wasn't on this." last summer
0: yeah indeed i had said i had said to patrick you know great catch did not know that paramount plus was new to this and he said yup within the past month i just don't want haters of other series to use this against them which is a super heads up catch there yeah. so thumbs yeah. up patrick we're
1: gonna use it to denigrate any that they they don't like um but like you i again i'm kind of baffled with all the the digital you know um analysis we have that we can't have this sooner all all right a month ago so so what 305 people were watching this halfway through the series great uh it's unfortunate there won't be a star trek show going on a month from now where we'll be talking about it to say wow you know the ratings for 309 and 310 were through the roof Maybe by the time we're doing Strange New Worlds, we can
0: recap that month-old news. Well, I know this, Pete. Let's head into our mission briefing.
1: Counselor Deanna Troy guides Jack Crusher through the opening of the symbolic red door in his mind. I Can't Stop Crying by Will Grove White plays as the vines consume a corridor which Troy likens to neurons. Jack doesn't know what they are or what they mean. He remembers a crimson arboretum on Raritan Four. His mother took him uh, to as a boy and she adored this song uh, passed to her from his father the blossoms so much life thousands of flowers connected beneath the soil purposefully um you know the the beautiful shot here of the the red leaves fluttering both up and falling back down um troy asks him if he's seeking connections Uh, which he affirms many and finally asks if she can open the door to his truth, which he allows. Uh, She turns the knob and gasps, apologizing, and running out of the room to Beverly and Picard in sickbay over Jack's screams, asking what he saw and and maybe ours too Matt. she replays it and it's a borg cube
0: beat you did your predictive homework well you saw this coming not just last week weeks ago kudos there i beat i thought maybe the thing that connected everything was going to be the mycelial network but i guess that's another star trek show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also, just want to point out, in the artfulness, this artful direction here by by Terry Madalus, I know that all the best takes were used. That includes the moment when Jack kind of gets bonked in the face by a blossom and looks like he kind of wants to pull away. But you know what? Pete, actors, you just keep going until you hear cut. Uh, but back to Picard and back to this revelation that for like the third year in a row for Picard, the Borg are somehow majorly impacting his life. Um, he he says that this is impossible B- between Picard and Crusher. They both know that Jack has not been assimilated. There's no presence of nano probes, no way for there to be, uh, you know, transceivers, receivers, and so forth. Uh, but Crusher immediately does start to think about uh, biological connections. You know, uh, flocks of birds that know to turn together and all of that. Uh, plus. Just kind of adding to the, the the impossibility, though. No one has heard from the Borg in over ten years, or last season. But hey, uh, Crusher different can Borg, different Borg. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, yes. They were a different Borg. I grant you that. Pete, um, uh, we'll just keep we'll, we'll keep going here. Crusher knows the Vatic knows jack got some Borgness passed on from Lacutus so all the all the pieces coming together here uh be, the only pieces not coming together are the pieces of vatic am i right wow uh,
1: <laughs> wow um and picard says that it's his responsibility to tell jack um as he is the cause but troy apologizes to these parents Nuh-uh, there are protocols in place here because your son is dangerous, he can enter the minds of others. So Jack is pacing in that room as Picard uh, hits the chime and is uh, allowed to come in to see him and explains about his assimilation 35 years ago and the misdiagnosis as Aromatic Syndrome of what eventually claimed his biological body. Jack has always sought connections and just thought it'd be easier if everybody would listen. Picard says that they must take precautions because of what he's been through, Uh, knowing what the Borg Queen can make him do. Um, And he wants to take his son to what he calls an academy, that the Vulcans have on Keslavar, but Jack calls it a prison and is determined to solve the problem himself. Except there's two Starfleet guards outside the door now, and Picard says there are protocols, but what about protocols of a father? Was he ever issued those?
0: Which I feel like is a. I feel like That's is. It's, it's, a, a, it's good a good line. Good. It, it, it's a low blow. I'm not being critical of it, um, because if you put yourself in Jack's position here, you know it's the burping protocol. Like the
1: the thing. All right, we've finally given you know Picard a son. We've we've given him a next generation. Yes, long overdue and great for the character that he's gotten that. But he's he's still never gotten like the. Come on, man! You never wanted to see. We got a little of it with the memories of, oh, when the Riker kid was little and here's a picture that's been Photoshopped of him holding a baby, you know, he never got to, to nurture a child. With Jack
0: now hacking the security guys uh, and walking. Um... Oh, wait,
1: wait, I couldn't hear you. Cause I, I had closed my eyes really deliberately for a beat. And now <laughs> they're red and, of course, we know he's, he's going to control these guys, right?
0: Yes. Part of me feel, look, th- I'm not trying to be overly critical of the script. Indeed, Pete, in a week when Patrick Stewart at that deadline panel was, was crediting the writing uh, and all of that. I kind of feel like if Jack has previously hacked people, you're now going to send security people down to back up Picard. Best case scenario, he says, you know, come on, my boy, let's go. Whatever whatever plan A was. All right, Jack is now upset. Boom. Plan B is security guys are there. Nobody wanted to be like, wait, remember how he how he hacks people? Maybe now he's gonna have just two security guys that he just hacked. Um in in the story, okay, we'll have guards. Like, what else are they gonna do? Maybe
1: a force field? He can't hack that, right?
0: Um, that is, that is true. Um, but Pete, a force field would force away all the human emotions here. Okay. Because he's walking down the corridor with now his security detail, his mother, Beverly finds him blocked by security as well. Jack says he wants to follow the voice in his head, a voice that he thought was that of his mother, but he now recognizes is that of the Borg queen. He hops on a shuttle uh boots it up and and kind of wishes almost for coordinates you know where where am I going and kind of the uh, you know kind of kind of the the murmurs of the board queen he kind of uh conjures and i'm not I'm not being negative on it, but you know from the subconscious he conjures the coordinates uh puts them in, turns off the shuttle transponder, and warps away uh but what can be done for all this uh Beverly's gonna go work on answers and Data joins Picard in the conference room. It's reiterated that the shuttle can't be tracked, uh, and, and though Data can't say anything comforting, seeing as how it's such an overwhelming situation, he puts a hand on Picard's shoulder, which, Pete, touched my heart a little bit, too.
1: It's a, it's a nice scene, particularly coming off the gloom here. The the best of Beverly in Jack, the worst of Picard, this holdover borg biology that we don't fully understand at this point in the story but hey hey jordy has more which we'll get to in a second you mentioned jack warping away he arrives in the same mysterious orange mist that troy saw the borg cube in Um, You know, there are tachyon radiation pulses, neutrino emissions, and gravitational flux, which turns out is a transwarp conduit, so maybe it arrived or it was always there, whatever. We reveal a Borg, I don't think it's just a cube, it seems to be more than that, with antenna, antennae, on the top
0: in this orange mist. It's a super cube. <laughs> Pete, I look forward to people not in the know. I'll just leave. I'll say this, then we can move on. I look forward to people not in the know much as, as there was faux outrage from people who don't watch uh star Trek discovery. When Stacey Abrams uh, appeared last season, I look forward to people being really upset about the trans warp conduit in sick bay. Jordy notes that Picard's genetic code uh, was changed, something that could not be scanned until recently. I see you, Story Loophole. I see you closing yourself there with the answer that sensors got better. Got it. Game, set, match. Um, There have been dormant Borg modifications, uh, and the Changelings knew this. Uh, If you are sitting here going, oh, that's awful convenient that they came up with this now, Picard does say that he has been a receiver of Mm -hmm. Borg thoughts. And that's when I was like, ooh, I I can't argue with that. Well done.
1: And it's not a new disclosure that had been an ongoing thing with his biological body that he maintained these connections that everybody we've ever severed from the Borg Picard, Seven of Nine, not so much reference when they made some of the Voyager people Borgified uh, to do missions on the later seasons of that show, but that they maintain a connection after the fact Uh, because nanites and, you know, space zombie stuff, but uh, had always been established that he could hear them so uh he was a receiver um and data explaining they never let you go all right we get that Worf says that this is why vatic extracted or what he she was extracting from his biological body at daystrom station all right and Jordy explains that jack is a transmitter capable of sending instructions with tracks, with what we've seen him do with Sydney and other people. Um, what they don't know is how those unassimilated people are receiving it. And Beverly wonders how she could have missed this uh, throughout Jack's life. Although it's a power he hasn't manifested until this season A star trek picard um but what's clear is that the changelings had been working with the borg from the beginning on this and now the grand plan as Worf explains all of starfleet gathered in one place on frontier day they have to warn them so picard contacts shaw to get us to the soul system wait the soul system where all of starfleet has our faces on their dartboard, of course it's the only option.
0: We cut to Space Dock, where the Enterprise F is leaving uh, Space Dock. Admiral Elizabeth Shelby in command. Pete, they're using the Star Trek Online design for the Enterprise F. They heard us, Pete. They heard us at the end of Season 1 when people said, even with even people with the, you know, the most Star Trek love in their hearts said, you have a terrible copy-paste fleet. They said, Turns out, yes, sometimes the fans have good input. Um, Let's go to those Star Trek online people as they've done season two, particularly season three. Get some of these great designs. Get help on understanding what works, what doesn't. Shelby gives a speech talking about how the Enterprise NX-01 made its maiden voyage that would lead to the birth of Starfleet pete i want you to know she means the united federation of planets starfleet not the earth organization starfleet since starfleet was a part of star trek enterprise but hey pete nobody involved in this show worked on star trek enterprise so that's like a little known fact
1: and elizabeth dennehy here returning to star trek i think we definitely have to acknowledge. We'll acknowledge the troublesome aspect of what ultimately happens here, and what's happened with several cameos um, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, and the fireworks, the the scene we've been promised here of everybody uh, all gathered at once. Okay, cut against this. We have Jack beaming over to this Borg. Complex supercube, um, uh, where the very identifiable voice of the original Borg Queen, uh, voiced
0: by Alice Krieger, uh, welcomes him home. We go back to Shelby, uh, talking about this linked fleet, linked for unity and defense. Fleet
1: band.
0: Indeed, uh, all these ships working together as one, um. An inspirational moment here peter reminder that you know i think we all in season three season four of next generation we all felt about shelby the way we were supposed to at the time maybe even the way we were supposed to now maybe you can look back at those episodes and say the shelby character is being held back a little bit by late 80s early 90s kind of definitions of like she's a witch because she wants things like to advance her career and follows the rules all the time and doesn't play in the good old boys good old girls club and again I'm not being critical of how she was presented back then I'm just saying it was made with and viewed with eyes of a slightly different gender situation there might exist now so I love that she's treated here with authority and respect and uh, Ashie...
1: not by everybody
0: that's true pete because here she is talking about this thing that all of starfleet has worked on and riker says it's so borg like that's ironic to hear that from her Puh. because Happy
1: frontier day everyone yeah. um yeah picard pointing out that irony that shelby the expert on the borg of course brought over in uh best of Both worlds part one and then ultimately becoming Riker in the acting captain uh, role, Uh, her uh, time there as his XO and yeah, her vaulting ambition, everything there. But as you said, of a particular time and now all these years later, okay, she's in the Enterprise F chair. Um, but this seems to be something she never would have gotten behind. Um, Sydney LaForge explains as they're listening to this, they're still an hour away um, from arriving in the soul system and back to wherever the Borg are here. The Queen explaining to Jack, calling him her child. Flesh, blood, for all her darkness, he is light. For suffering, he is life. But he maintains he is not hers. Remember, he said he wanted to go there and get close to her and show her who he really is. Because he's got a phaser. And she explains she's thought of all these names for him. Regenerati, Regenerati. Uh, QR day, which means child of God, you know, this fondness for Latin that she's shown, uh, but, uh, she reveals he is Vox, not Locutus, the one who speaks, but the voice itself, which is why he can't hurt her. And we see the shadow, the outline of the queen we never fully see her in this episode and the right side is strangely at least in this shadow more cybernetic than the left side which is an interesting choice Um, and again noted in the credits it's just a voice credit for alice kriega that might be the simplicity of hey Alice we would love to get you back we're going to do the board clean don't tell anybody don't tell anybody by the way have you heard we've completely reconstructed the enterprise deep bridge I'll send you photos but anyway um, oh oh, you're shooting something else alright yeah it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of prosthetic uh, uh, yeah you know what we'll just shoot it in such a way we we'll, we'll just get your voice
0: also as people know season three was shot immediately after season two um i don't know if and indeed these these episodes shot roughly kind of february march of 2022 um which it was six eight months before the sad passing of annie worshing who had you know obviously played the board queen in season two i i would be interested to know and with nothing but respect and sympathy i'd be interested to know if um annie worshing was the first choice and her health precluded that or, or or what you know what those particulars are there i hope pete i'm not being, being uh trite to bring that up just no you know, and
1: and again the way that it's shut the way that the camera reveals it we don't know and not having seen the final episode who knows how that may play out. And I think it's respectful the way that it's done. It doesn't take away that iteration of the board queen played by Annie worship
0: back to Titans sick Bay. We go where and data we're back here. We got the two of them explaining the tech to we the audience they're explaining specifically transporter code uh, and the notion that the transporter saves kind of the the basic structure of every species in order to make transporting go faster hey you're joe the andorian hey i know what 80 percent of andorian dna is like awesome i don't need to scan that as carefully i don't know um but as they look at the transporter code, part of Picard's DNA is in there. It's become part of the system architecture. Um, and indeed, Picard's DNA now considered to be common biology, part of the common biology of of all species. So every person beamed onto a Starfleet ship has been, what I would like to call, Pete, dark assimilated uh, <laughs> for this open-ended period of time.
1: Well now it tracks
0: why the changelings
1: didn't want to use transporters why um rolaren did not want to use transporters even if we didn't explain it at that point because they had been using it to infiltrate and assimilate the entire fleet the whole time the titan arrives in the midst of this fleet formation which Riker says looks more like a firing squad. Uh, And immediately they try to commandeer the ship. Uh, Picard asks uh, the Titan to hail a warning, and they are taken over here by this uh, unifying Starfleet uh, system. Um... Uh, Lieutenant Mura there says that the primary sensor array picks up a massive energy spike. We cut Matt to what my notes call the Borg control swirly room device, which is a kind of cool effect with the, you know, multiple rings there. But what does it do? It sends out a thing. Thank goodness we have a character who still has her cybernetic implants in Seven of Nine, who can tell us ouch borg signal detected
0: uh in sick bay it is intuited that uh it's not the olds that are going to be dark assimilated it's actually the youngs which pete sometime in the last month you made reference to i don't remember whether it was this whether it was mandalorian whether it was something else you made reference to um how indeed how human kind of you know pubescent development doesn't stop until about age 25 maybe it was in response to a star trek picard line from several episodes ago that set this up i don't remember do you remember what i'm talking about
1: i've talked you know i don't mention very often on the podcast i've done it two days in a row now i'm a, I'm a teacher and identifying biological puberty doesn't end until 35 so that's kind of you know in my head there i don't remember making the point
0: that you're talking about but it's possible well here's my point pete you were so far ahead of this that you didn't even know that you were laying down track for the Maybe notion i've
1: been dark assimilated have you thought of that i'm older than matt though so it, it doesn't add up
0: you're young at heart that's what that's what matters <laughs> um but again this i for the fi- the fiction of science fiction i 100% buy the notion that if you're under 25ish and still reaching full adulthood then the borg stuff can can take over uh I like the way that one it's like this is biology's way of
1: telling us young and vital and still growing and beverly couches it you know in the medicine well for humans that's 25 could be older for non-humans right which we have a Bajoran, we have uh, Esmar um, as well, but you know, that well, we're going to go with the young and vital and not so much with the older people, which is why they'll be free of that and still can mount some kind of revolution against them because uh, the prefrontal cortex, uh, you know, is no longer developing in them.
0: It's look, it is a handy technobabble way to let all the coincidentally, you know, more mature characters be the heroes and all the youngins be villains. Pete, I don't think that it's kind of like meta commentary the way season three of Discovery was where um, what was his name? That guy that, in my opinion, stood in for the fans and when he didn't get the Star Trek he wanted, he screamed and destroyed Star Trek. Who was that guy that caused the burn? You're referring, of course, to Sukal. Indeed, Pete. A a discussion for another time. Bringing it back to Picard here. Just on the heels of uh, the Youngs shall be infiltrated on the bridge. Murrah, Murrah, why aren't you following directions, Murrah? We see that he's been dark assimilated. So too is Sydney. Uh, She turns around and says, we are the Borg. Because great calling card there. Uh, In the background, we hear that Shelby's message uh, has now changed. Uh, The crew is the
1: hip young Borg now. This is not your grandfather's
0: uh, the Borg. Okay, they're all fit. I don't need a locutor, Dad. I can (laughs) locute for myself.
1: (laughs) Right? You don't. You don't need to speak for me. I can speak for myself, man. Okay. You know, we don't smoke uh, nicotine tobacco. We we puff sweet clouds of of you know nanite vape. Um, still on the. Horns. I'm not implying that these actors uh, vape. By the way, I,
0: I hope to God they don't.
1: If they choose to, though, that's up to them.
0: Pete, you are implying that part of what makes the Borg problematic is the fact that the Borg vape. Um, regardless, back to Shelby here. No, the crew is turning on me. She then gets two phaser shots, likely phaser to death. Enjoy your cameo. Quite a trend here of yeah, fun cameos. Let's,
1: let's pause for a second. In the course of this discussion, Matt, it has been pointed out, and and we will echo this. It is super troublesome that we have brought in Elizabeth Dennehy here. Uh, not having returned to Star Trek since this, you know, really important in the course of the franchise two-part episode uh, 1990, right? Uh, and comes back and would seem to have just been unceremoniously murdered, a cameo. This a couple weeks after Ro Laren returns and... Now it appears I don't think we're getting her back either. So we take these uh, female performers who have established in their own right these roles, we bring them back only to kill them
0: off? Pete, I guess I'll approach this as a glass half-full perspective that maybe the production is so blind to gender considerations that they're not stopping to see... That kind of tough women who are dedicated towards uh, their careers, in Roe Laren's case, the career sometimes waffled between the Maquis and Starfleet and, you know, Black Ops and things of that sort, Um, you you know, that kind of, again, the image of a tough career-minded woman who's willing to give guff back to those who give it to her, that now two cameos in a row they've been unceremoniously killed. There I guess they haven't factored
1: for Shelby, which I'll float a, a theory for. But either way, it's it's troubling, and we know that obviously the writers nor the production would set out. Hey, as you voiced, would be nefarious. Let let's kill off these uh, glass ceiling breaking ladies because obviously they don't know where their place is that that's not what's being done the trend however is troubling and potentially sends that message
0: i wonder what i mean this is a this is a fairly diverse writer's room however here we are in the last two episodes where it's um more you know it's it's time for time for terry madelis to stick the landing as the director and so on and so forth um as the showrunner and all that you know i know in the last week or two i i've grown weary of certain top level uh you know show producers and production people i've grown weary of seeing them dunk on people on twitter when people say well wait i didn't know that there was an emergency hatch on the bridge like that's new to me and they will be like don't you know that in uh in first contact it was there you're supposed to know like can can we can we grant that people can love can we know that there's people who hate watch star trek that none of us particularly want to tolerate and frankly anybody wants to dunk on people that are like why's all the diversity well guess what it's been there since the the first pile i don't know what to tell you but like it's an okay thing to love this show and to watch this show every week and to sit and say i didn't know that there was a that there was a hatch that you conveniently used to save the day like, it's an okay question to ask, and you don't need to, in my opinion, turn the full force of Twitter on them to be like, here's the reading list. You should go back and watch First Contact. Also, it's referenced, like, my point And I'll being... point out this
1: coming from my co-host, who is a technical-minded Star Trek fan, who, if anybody's going to check those things out, it's going to be you, Matt. So, yeah, that there isn't a required reading list for uh non-canonical off-screen things that somebody said, Well, wait, I've never heard this referenced before and instead saying, Well, that's the story decision we made. Thanks for watching.
0: And and I connect those Twitter discussions with perhaps this notion of we can look back in retrospect and say, hey, look, they've gotten two great cameos of two women of two female characters of a certain professional type and of a certain demeanor. And they've both been rather unceremoniously killed off. Um, and and how that's perhaps problematic. I, I'm connecting the two by saying maybe there's not the reception here. We're, at, we're talking about transmission and reception. Maybe the powers that be have not been receptive to anything other than their own voices. As we've gotten closer and closer to the end of the production. Um, I don't know. It's probably one of those things we'll never know unless there's a a falling out, or if you can imagine, Pete, a change in showrunners, uh, I say that tongue-in-cheek, obviously, you know, Terry Madalus has a showrun all of Picard season three, and and nothing's going to change that in the next five days, but I I don't know. It's It's a weird trend, if nothing else, to lose Roe, to lose Shelby in similar ways, similar characters that are, you know, tough ladies and all that.
1: It's not definitive, but... More than one shot, and I do like how all right, red, bad phaser, blue, stun, hey, we love you, phaser. It, it's more of like a, a phaser kiss to, to make you go to sleep for a little bit because we're gonna unborgify you and bring you back.
0: There's 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 hope for a happy ending here. Um we have Shaw on the bridge providing phaser cover as our heroes leave the bridge this is under new threat the fleet has been assimilated and indeed the the the, the hip young borg all unassimilated un- need to be eliminated um so in sickbay data says that they need to come up with a plan um beat this an episode that i think does a very good job of balancing the fact that we need to give all the regulars screen time even if it's scenes where we do a round table of so this is how the transporter thing has changed and this is how the borgs have done this and this is how it's frontier day like we're we're doing a good job keeping all hands on the ball here in the hall we see that there's a rolling firefight on the bridge esmar takes the chair as she announces to the collective we have the titan and pete it's clear our heroes need to get off the ship maybe this deck nope uh there's a fight quick close the doors close (laughs) the doors we're
1: bad (laughs) say my notes there the the firefight the the one uh 25 or younger officer repeatedly shot there but but still going they're gonna head to deck 11 en route they overhear broadcast to the fleet that captain ben besat of the excelsior broadcasting on frequency 99 delta has retaken the bridge of his vessel. Oh, wait, wait! you, you can't see this, but we're being controlled remotely. And, uh, oh, but you have the little space map in the back of the turbolift. You can see we're now in front of the firing squad. Tell my family, boom.
0: The irony, Pete, that the USS Hikaru Sulu, yes, controlled by the Borg at this moment, fired upon and destroyed uh, an Excelsior. Ah hugs at the heartstrings but wait a minute pete let's rewind for a second like teacup 99 delta what isn't that one of those maintenance channels you know that it's kind of like it's like i don't know if you in this big giant structure that is starfleet that are starships it's like this little like exhaust port of of of, (laughs) of maintenance communications here maybe using a maintenance shuttle is the way to get off this ship Well,
1: data also tells us um, that they would not be uh,
0: linked in to
1: that system as well, Uh, so um, nobody would be posted there. They're going to take this repair shuttle, and Picard tells everybody to head there. Uh, As the fleet continues to amass, um, there's another... Uh, Corridor they're heading to, to get to that uh, shuttle where there's uh, a really bad firefight. This, a fateful one in a moment. Jordy and Data hit the shuttle first. Uh, Data with the levity here, hoping they're not gonna die. But this is the heroic moment we've built up for Captain Liam Shaw who as he's laying down this defensive cover fire at the furthest point is struck by the red phaser and goes down uh, Seven uh, and Rafi there with him. uh, But he says that this is her ship now, Seven of Nine. He says the name uh, as he gives himself over and Seven and Rafi are going to stay as everyone else has gotten into the shuttle um, and the Armada is headed towards Space Dock.
0: I can hope, Pete, that Rafi and Seven have stayed in order to help retake the ship and all that. If I was Rafi and or Seven, I would have been like, no, Picard, we're cool going with you off this ship of the damned here. You're going to a place where there's no Borg uh, assimilated. But I think I, I think it's a triumphant setup for next week. Um, the shuttle, the maintenance shuttle warps away. Uh, and our, our crew is kind of, our OG crew, I should say, Pete, is looking on in horror at this notion of the Borg fleet preparing to target space dock and planetary defenses, though it hasn't happened yet. Uh, but Pete, where are we headed? Where in all the galaxy could we be headed with, you know, appropriate foreshadowing several episodes ago? Well,
1: and not communicated. Like, all right, I'm going to take us to, but uh, they arrive at 8th and Prime. Well,
0: to... Pete, did, did, did Jordy do a you-better-take-a-look-at-this cliche but make everybody sit there while he warped <laughs> to the to... – I'm going to show you what you should look at, so now just kind of wait in between scenes?
1: But I also think he could say it, but best for dramatic effect here, the the shot of the Fleet Museum coming into view at Eighth and Prime, and you know that Bay Twelve where, hey, the thing that we're shh, don't talk about that, um, but sure enough, they open it. What Jordy was saving as a surprise, because only some people saw those photos matt it's the fat one
0: it is the enterprise d mentioned at the beginning of this season as the fat one put all back together how could this be says picard uh because pete at least the writing knows that every fan might not remember every single thing from every single instance of star trek next generation including the movies um so Picard's not on Twitter giving people a hard time here. <laughs> it's explained that the saucer couldn't stay after the damage uh in Star Trek Generations due to the good old prime directive. So it's the original saucer. The engines and the cells have come from the USS Syracuse which is as good an answer as any I suppose. Um and as for why they're not able to use the Enterprise E, which hadn't even uh I hadn't even considered because I am to a certain degree, wrapped up in nostalgia here. It's because Worf did a thing in an unseen adventure.
1: (laughs) So it's not his fault. Um, I'm going to be honest. The enterprise D I always preferred the enterprise E I'm, I'm a Worf guy here. I, I get their connection to the original ship that they had and cue the emotion. And certainly I can feel that through them here. Um, But Matt, now it's time for the bridge reveal.
0: Indeed. Uh, Love how the lights come on. Could have done with some more lights, but towards the end of the
1: you Compromised lighting now, because we don't light sets in 2022 when they filmed this, like we did in 1987 when they first started filming it for seven years and then ultimately change the lighting for the movies because different cameras and, and things like that. So it, it can still exist.
0: Um, they enter what really is a wonderful and perfect recreation of the original set. Uh, indeed, the aforementioned Dave Blass has said that the only thing that's original there is the dedication plaque, which I, I rather like the, uh, I rather like the the, I don't know, the, synchronicity there of it I I do wonder a little bit when Picard looks at the dedication plaque I feel like it 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 should be a little lower because there's the one episode where Picard's pretending that there's dust on there as he makes some alien guys wait because they were snotty to him so he's snotty back but be that we're not here to nitpick okay if they
1: would have ever been given the the license to make it different it was because the last time we saw this set uh, you know, toyed with a little, obviously, for what film cameras pick up in 1994's Star Trek: Generation. So something that was filmed 30 years ago, um, they would have had it. That they had the. I I don't think slavish. I I think really devoted uh, dedication to making it appear as much as possible as it did before. I happen to like in particular, Matt, so that curved archway behind the command position. Um, they've talked about how that was the most difficult piece to recreate, the thickness of it. You know, They used obviously a lot of modern technology, a lot of printing to do this. They had like every photo imaginable of the original set because the original set that they had wasn't able to be used. People think there's like a warehouse someplace with all these Star Trek things, but time and also space. But I particularly like how it's more accented on this, on that archway. There's an uneven seam that you can make out better than ever right behind the captain's chair. And I, I think it kind of makes it look updated in a way that you could also know this is the reconstruct.
0: As for the quality of Geordi's rebuild here, Picard realizes now that he's with everyone, he's realized what he missed the most. It's the carpet, <laughs> which I got a chuckle. I also talk to
1: Dave Blass about carpet on Twitter. Hashtag no carpet.
0: Um, I I like the carpet look, although I feel like in at least some of the next generation movies, it looked like carpet was everywhere, including the walls and the ceiling. But regardless, Pete, we got a story to get to here. Picard initiates system reactivation. The Majel Barrett computer uh, Mm -hmm. turns command over to Captain Jean-Luc Picard. He'll accept the field demotion. Pete, do you know with what... Advanced 2020s technology they used to get the Major Barrett computer to say those words.
1: It was probably an audio tape, and hence the story needing to clarify. This is why she didn't say admiral. Although they could have taken a clip of her saying admiral, that has to exist. She recorded enough, uh, and and popped it in front of. They just decided to play a clip that was all one piece from before.
0: This is two clips from the run of the show put together. The turning command over comes from uh, when Jellico took over, and then there's your standard Captain Jean Luc Picard there. So Not I initially was like, know that. I, I initially was like, oh man, wasn't it like five or eight years ago that some phone company was like, we're going to have the Majol. Uh, Voice assistant and working at this and I'm like they must have done all. I know over at Star Wars they've like speechified all the Mark Hamill stuff throughout the years to get a synthesizer. What did they do here for Star Trek? The answer is they ran old tape, which sounds awesome. Um, Well,
1: I mean, this is the analog solution here, so why not have beyond the story have the technology of that?
0: Picard calls for everyone to head to their stations. Uh, The systems are coming online. Weapons are ready but limited. Uh, We did have a little bit earlier in the scene the reference that uh, drones are loading photon torpedoes in. So when we use photon torpedoes next week, despite the fact that we didn't see, you know, all these people doing one of those, you know, like fireman water brigade you know hand the torpedoes over there's some torpedoes on there the enterprise d leaves space dock hey turn
1: on every uh every window that has uh, a light behind it turn all those on too
0: yeah yeah those like fire scorched lower saucer section um you know cabins that haven't been used in 25 years they, they 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 left the light on for you um uh, pete i think you and i both will allow it it's for the for the ambiance of it all um the the uh location is laid in and picard gives us an engage to finish the episode He, we have an incoming threat analysis, even as we've just gone to warp here. Let's start with the threat that is Jack Crusher. So the the
1: noble goal of I'm gonna find out what I am and I still maintain that I am different than the Borg has resulted in Ed Spieler's character having a tear fall down his cheek and not even wincing. As uh, we, we neglected to say in our recap, Matt, he he gets the tube put in the back of his neck and his eyes go black.
0: Indeed, I'd like to argue that, that not even that scene, that shot, which is a static shot, if you were shooting the tube for real, the camera would have moved a little bit to capture the motion of the tube. That kind of jumped out at me. It's okay. I understand that Terry Maddle is not the most experienced director. It's totally fine. Um, it is interesting too. Like in the first episode, what did the changeling? Now, what, what can we look back and say, Pete? The changelings wanted to take Jack to where? To the Borg. And here he is at the end of the ninth episode. He's there. Um,
1: I mean, it it was always unavoidable. It was within him. It was mostly dormant. Now he was able to do it on his own and obviously why they wanted to use him and makes the technology with the swirly green communication they've sent out all possible.
0: Uh, Obviously, the Borg Queen, a threat here as well. Um, As we stated in the recap, it'll be interesting to see what does the Borg queen threat look like next week given you know a variety of factors including uh, the loss of annie wershing and all of that um i guess time will tell there you know my thoughts pete i could do without the borg threat again but if we're going to do the borg threat again sure let's have the borg queen
1: each iteration of star trek has had its arch villain and. You know, though the Borg were featured as well in Voyager, it was after they had played out with the Next Generation and, um, you know, First Contact. So I think it's fitting. I prefer the Borg anytime we can get them. Um, So to do that here, I don't know that we'll get uh, Alice Krieger In the suit, I think they're going to continue, you know, you're not going to go one episode, well, we just did the voice, and then, all right, now I'm finally going to get into the the makeup and everything like that. Um, I think they're going to make Jack, and talking him down or unhooking him, obviously the, the, the big villain here, there's no way he goes for good even if somehow all right we'll we'll maintain your borgness but reach out to your humanity the same way Matt we have all these young people who have been assimilated who want to eliminate the older generation or spoiler Matt I'll give you next week's episode title sure are you
0: me? the last
1: generation
0: Oh, I see what they did because the first episode of the season was called The Next Generation. Um I do hope, Pete, that the Borg we love, the Alandras, the Sydneys, the Esmars, and so forth, that they no, of course, not to confuse with with Mira. Um I hope that they all that that they all come back in in however next week gets solved, which I feel like, Pete, we should talk about in the next segment. Indeed, Pete, let's set those long-range sensors for what remains of the next generation era of stories, which is next week's episode. Um, How How do we – let's start with where we left off. How do we save the Borg we love, the Esmars, Alandras, Mures, Sidneys, etc.? I mean,
1: so you mentioned before that no one had heard from the Borg, yet – there had been other Borg we had heard from and obviously it's a decision they could make. We don't know if they'd go with the Agnes, Jurati, Borg, Alison Pill moved from Los Angeles uh, to New York uh, after season two, right before season three. But it's not as if they don't make airplanes and <laughs> wanted to bring her back. You could. Um and you know they they gave the moment there but still kind of not the greatest for you know several of our actors who were parts of two seasons and all you had left were um you know Jerry Ryan and and Michelle Hurd obviously on top of the uh, the titular actor um, the Gerardi Borg could be a way out of this my gut tells me it's gonna be kind of more of a emotional appeal from father to son who also share some borgness and techity tech uh you know inspirational picard drive by oh his his eyes have undarkened and he is pushing back on the borg now and the queen screams, and all of our young people scream, and in sick bay, Beverly has detected that one of the youngs doesn't have the feiny face anymore. We've done it, everybody.
0: I would like to argue against the gerardi Borg saving the day, and here's why. Well, I'm not
1: why. arguing for, I'd, 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 I'd kind of like to see them, though.
0: I wouldn't mind seeing them as well, but see for Discovery seasons one, two, and three, for Picard seasons one, two, and three, for Strange New World season one, uh we'll see about season two. All of those seasons have kind of been a brand new beginning story-wise, mm-hmm. particularly with Picard, particularly, particularly with this third season. I think that it's not a I know that we've spoken pejoratively of the studio execs, the bean counters, the uncreatives. I don't think there is, I don't think it's an uncreative argument to say, you know, in the pre-production process for Picard season three, uh, this season may draw people in to Picard to modern Star Trek. It, it It may draw people in who have not been drawn in by prior seasons of Picard, by Stranger Worlds or Discovery. Therefore, I would argue again, kind of from a creative place, not a bean counter place. If the save relies on having seen a prior season that can work for many shows, many, many shows in modern television, I would argue against it for the way this season is constructed within the world of star Trek and what I think it has done for fandom and, and so forth. But it's also
1: a limited series finale. Um, and I think you're kind of beholden to acknowledge that journey. They have mentioned, oh, well, what about that other Borg uh, in this season? Like I said, I could go either way. Sentimentally, I'd like to see that other Borg only because of the big deal they made about it too. And like, and they went off, and but we're going to keep an eye on them.
0: Um, I kind of read the reference this season more as a, a palate cleanser, you know, it's, and you don't need to worry about that anymore, you at home. We will certainly see. How does Jack's struggle factor into the finale? I know, Pete, um, somebody on Twitter, um, might have been Karen Chu, um, had said midweek, like, I, I don't know whether it was directed to you or me or to the both of us, but essentially it was like, I feel like you're dancing around saying something about Jack that you don't want to say. And I don't know that that was the case in last week's podcast. I will state very clearly. I think the show has given Jack too much screen time and too much importance, not by, um, you know, not double, triple, quadru- quadruple. I think the story likes Jack more than I like Jack. And I think the story places more emphasis on Jack then it then is my cup of tea i guess i'm hoping that we're not going to have 10 minutes of jack you know playing mental chess or something with the board queen in order to resolve his situation um let's keep it on the next generation crew here
1: i have to confess i did not see karen choose tweet so i'll have to go back and look they're in a prickly spot with ed spieler's character um no one publicly knew about it until the last trailer. And then, wow, he's really prominent in the poster. And he's between Picard and Beverly. And we were talking about a Secret Son aspect right after that. So, okay. Um, this is a show that pulls you in with the sci-fi nostalgia of beloved characters for generations and the idea that uh, he is a character on this and he is the son of two of those beloved characters but nobody's tuning in to this show about them for him at the same time nothing in development that could be a vehicle for him that those other characters could stop by once in a while, you know, where we would acknowledge their legacy. So yeah, they're really in a a tough spot with him. I don't know that it's us dancing around it so much as the production, like there's only so much you get out of, octogenarian performers even though the show bears their name and gosh you think of these two seasons filmed back to back how much sir patrick stewart has has been on set has been a part of this um you know you see why everything i mean we've not had an exterior shot for a long time on this show because they did so much under the the secrecy of trying to maintain that the whole next generation was back. Um, how they're going to solve it with Jack, we all know as as viewers, they're going to solve it. They're not going to give up on this other Beverly Crusher child because she's lost the one who now hosts the after show. So like, they got to keep this guy on the board somehow and... Hopefully down the road he gets to play Picard's son some more.
0: Hmm. Pete, I mo- I mostly agree with you. Do you think the do you think the story demands a sacrifice and do you think that It's it- funny
1: that you say that cuz there have been persistent rumblings that someone goes I I don't know that and we sacrificed the child sacrificially. The the lamb was offered up. That's kind of a dark and a depressing ending. The, the one we'd be able to give ourselves over to a little bit more is if maybe the titular character or someone close to him makes that sacrifice. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that you ended that way. The, the Titan crew, two episodes in a row, Matt, has, has suffered bigly here. Um, you know, first with uh, Lieutenant Tavine. I uh, never got a chance to mourn that, nor did we see them. And now they don't even know they've killed their captain. Um, so more death in the finale it is the star Trek tradition to, to make the sacrificial play needs of the many, not needs of the one. Um, I, I just don't know.
0: I would, I would hope I would bet, uh, Pete, I would push all my chips in to say that our TNG people all make it to the finale. Um, well, they're Pardon not going to make it to the end
1: again, right?
0: <laughs> the, the, I, I think everybody makes He's it to the, the end. He's the
1: safest.
0: I'd even like to propose that we, look, if you're going to crib from the best, you crib from the best. I'd like to propose that the final shot is them at a poker table, overhead shot, and so forth. Just just go for it again. It worked in 1994. It works now. Um. That's also...
1: Too cute, I would hazard.
0: um. But
1: like you said, there may not be a more perfect
0: way to end that. Um, also, Pete, if if Roe Laren, uh walked so that Major Kieran Reese uh, could run and if if uh, Shelby, the tough, the tough lady trying to get her command chair, uh, if if, you know, if she ran so that Janeway could fly. Got to have a Janeway Way cameo here right like i know that they've said no um first of all terry they has says promise
1: protest too much in entertainment tradition I-, I think they may have telecast that um with the shelby thing matt my hope is that they didn't kill off the actual elizabeth shelby that she's still there to to rub in her face that she's got a better rank than than Riker all these years later because uh, she was a changeling that that made it possible for her to say we're gonna do a Borg thing with our
0: Starfleet ships. Um, I would love that. Maybe maybe in the same hole where she's being kept as the real Tuvok. Um, <laughs> which we also
1: need to let, you, you know, you would ask me over text, wait a minute, have we killed off every cameo?
0: I mean, thus far, there have been three, right? And the, there's a question mark for Tuvok. He's, they are he's... counting
1: the, uh, the Enterprise D as a cameo. Uh.
0: <laughs> wait, are they real? Well, when Madeline said, uh, no, you're making a joke.
1: No, 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 no. I did see reference like, and... You know, don't forget the Enterprise D. Uh, Let's not keep this tradition then and and kill it again. Or or what's the opposite of decapitating? (laughs) They'll
0: put the second saucer on top.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm glad that what some people predicted that they wouldn't go with the three nacelle body because what's better than two? What's edgier than two? We'll give it three to cells. No, three's not enough. How about five?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, like <laughs> what I'm trying to do is not repeat myself from the Mandalorian podcast, but the points some of the, some of the overall points of a season finale are the same. Um, we've seen Star Trek episodes more likely to be on the longer end if that's what the story calls for that's been more likely than we've seen in the star wars tv space if i click on that episode on thursday and see you know 65 minutes or something like that then i think there's more than enough time to do everything that we want to do including you know and tuvok was okay and he was rescued by admiral janeway who also has you know uh shelby by her side and you know things of that sort all those things lower on the list than does our core cast make it through how do we resolve the jack thing how do we resolve the borg thing how do we deborgify everybody you know all all, all of that i think emo- narratively this is a meal that could be done pretty quickly but emotionally i think it calls for a slightly bigger episode and fingers crossed that's what we get
1: these final two episodes meant obviously to be viewed together we didn't even touch on matt they are on uh you know uh, select theater screens next week going to play the two episodes um the the same day that they're streaming and uh, a lot of people had a tough time getting those tickets um so pushing for the theatricality of it, how it's all gonna play out, um, the Borg stuff's not normally reversible uh, with our other characters, you know, when we we see people taken, particularly when it became more graphic for the screen with first contact, it was, you're done. And Ensign Redshirt, I know you are in pain and I will phaser you and you will thank me for it. We don't want that to happen to Jordy's children, the, the mother of whom we must find out in this finale. That's something that has to happen. Uh, you're mentioning the potential for even Hail Marrier cameos in the finale in somebody who's fought borg like admiral janeway um and all needing to put a bow on this season and as i've mentioned before on three seasons of star trek picard and possibly even set up something that is totally definitely not in development in a star trek legacy so there is a lot to do. I I, I do wonder about the the runtime of that. Matt, you know who was at one point posted on
0: the refit Excelsior. Ah, uh, that was that that wonderful Romulan lad that the story really loved in the first season and dropped pretty quickly in the second season.
1: Well, he was in it though, Elnor.
0: Yeah, Uh, Elnor.
1: And they saved him. And, you know, I I just hope that we can have some acknowledgement of our original. I really like that original cast. I really liked the – it's one of my favorite of this whole series, that fourth episode where, you know, they gave Picard the grandson he he never had in, in Elnor. And there was a real nice bond there. And then that further developed with him and Raffi. Uh can we have the middle generation kind of have in the last generation episode a little bit of an acknowledgement? I I just hope that for the closure there, they can somehow have that unless 30 years down the road, you know, and here comes Ambassador Elnor of the Romulan Star Empire to fight the Borgiest Borg that aren't the Jurati Borg.
0: Uh, b- perhaps this reflection is best for a, a season or a series wrap but you know ahead of the season and the series wrapping next week um i mean I'm, I, and this notion of re- returning people from prior seasons um I'd find it interesting that in three seasons, season one showrunner was Michael Chabon, season two showrunners were Akiva Goldsman and Terry Madalus. Boom, as soon as Strange New Worlds starts to become a cohesive thing, Akiva Goldsman um, clearly has made Strange New Worlds his priority, plus season three of Picard uh, showrun solely by Terry Madalus. My point being, and I don't mean this as a slam against Madalus, but I don't think that there's a lot of... um, kind of institutional memory or, or I don't think that the leadership in Terry Madalus necessarily is like, I remember when we were there and we cast Eleanor the 1st looking at, at Eleanor actors or things of that sort. I think it's kind of very, you know, more in the now for better or worse. Um, of course this is usually when I say something like that. And then when I listen back in six months, I'll be like, boy, you had no idea that they were bringing back everybody to help save the day. And there was going to be, you know, uh, uh, in the uh in la Serena and so on and so forth um it would be nice to get a bit of a curtain call if only if it's just a a wordless you know part of a montage kind of your your star trek picard version of you know the the metal scene from star wars something like that to to acknowledge the previous folks i'm just not holding my breath necessarily with that let's open hailing frequencies
2: hailing frequencies open sir
0: we start with the Twitter, Pete, where we ran a poll. Not your standard four, three, two, one. one more to dig on into emotions. The choice on the top, but not necessarily the top choice. Uh, yeah, how, how are you feeling? First was, what a shocker, 41.7%. Next was, how will it end, 36.1%. Loved the drama, 16.7%. And then lastly, Pete, maybe I should have put this up top, I don't know, was prepared podcast pal, because again, a little bit of a uh, little bit of a uh, victory lap here. You were well out uh, in front of Jack as a Borg speaker, Vokes, all of that. Um, and I'll take a little bit of credit here, having having seen those you know genuine, true pictures of the uh, Enterprise D bridge under early construction. You put it all together. This had to be the week where both get revealed, and both were.
1: I don't look to take a, a victory lap. I'll, I'll, you know, thank you. I'll thank others for recognizing that I predicted it. You know, really, I just feel like that's where the story was headed. And if anything, maybe, you know, story sense of, um, you know, looking to work as a screenwriter where I'd want to take it
0: uh james the sagacious big killing on twitter uh must have heard us say in last week's podcast reference to sagacious listeners i did not mean james in particular although he did uh do a quote tweet of uh, a comment he made back in march where among other things he said is the fact that jack is an x ha, uh, is half x borg a factor in this story not just a drone son of Lacutus so james james really nailed that one back in march um some more tweets here first one uh, comes from jc for open borders that's at jc the mythic uh, who says i was surprised by the line no one has seen the borg in 10 years has it been 10 years between season two and three has there been a line explaining the absence of the new borg from the last episode of season two or they show up at the end of season three to save the day um richard frost at doughboy uk uh replied uh that's in my mind i'm sure the uh, i'm sure the credit's uh, this season have included Alice and Pill. I don't know that that is the case. They
1: never have, no.
0: Um, JC says, Seriously, does someone know the calendar? Was there a 10-year time jump? They ended season two in a cliffhanger. Was it resolved in a book? Uh, Pete, by my recollection, it it wasn't... Uh, in, my, in my recollection, last season was about a year ago in Star Trek time. We could go back and check the, uh, yeah, the Star no, Dates, no, no, I that's suppose.
1: That's they, they've referenced.
0: And, you know, I, I, again, whether the reference this season, uh, earlier this season, was to explain away that they're not going to deal with that this season or to set it up happening in the finale, regardless, it kind of was like, oh, that was that was an over there, not a here. Um, we hear from GoonerJCH, uh, is the Enterprise D the Hail Mary cameo? And my, we finally have five lights on the bridge. Lots of endgame and, uh, Admiral, not animal, uh, <laughs> That's that warp episode where she turns into a lizard. Lots of endgame Admiral Janeway being the Borg Queen theory. Thoughts? The echo of the Queen's voice does sound like her, no matter what I'm buzzing for next week. Pete, is Janeway the Borg Queen? I haven't heard no, that one. But... No, it's
1: Alice Krieger. They've, they've fully identified. They, they don't list in the special spot of the credits uh, Elizabeth Dennehy, as a special guest star um but they do for the voice of alice kriega as the borg queen so if um janeway is coming if uh you know mulgrew is back it will not be as the Borg queen
0: we hear from Arya needs a spinoff kclyle1 on twitter I don't think many were surprised at the reveal of the Borg, but I think the way it's being handled differently is great. I also wasn't surprised at seeing the Enterprise D, but I did get goosebumps seeing that bridge. Um, Great drama, beautiful effects, great episode. Uh, Many were surprised. I do think that it's time to go beyond the Borg uh, well for future shows. Due to Picard's history with them, I get it, but there are countless other species in the universe. Other shows need to tap that vast well. Um, I, let's see, uh, I think a little typo here, but I think, uh, I think, uh, Arya needs a off saying there's, uh, love it. If there's a seven of nine show, find or create a new big bad. Um, yeah, gotta, gotta keep the future in motion. Next up, Pete, we hear from Spider-Ham Lincoln, Tess LC 139, who says, uh, what to say? It was just wonderful. They finally gave us the big D. Nice to see Admiral Shelby and to hear, uh, Alice and Majel r.i.p. shaw or will seven restaurant resurrect him ex-borg style expect jack to save the day uh will we see queen borgati elnor or laris in the finale Um, and keep the faith there's still time for a conspiracy bugs reveal uh a pete i chuckle at the notion that we're going to get conspiracy bugs because i i I think that's (laughs) and they were
1: behind it the whole time.
0: (laughs) i have to confess for for the laris point it's been so long since we've seen laris yeah, i i did find
1: myself either before or after this episode going so when's the awkward hey this is my son and this is the woman who is his mother uh scene like there and is this that. is my
0: new girlfriend who comes from the people who tried to destroy us many times, <laughs> but now there's peace because there are refugee people, and that's not awkward at all. My refugee housekeeper is now my new girlfriend. Anyhow, Pete, let's hear from Brett Desmo-Williams. It's at BW Desmo. What an episode. Even more curious now, what is Jack needed for? The transporter DNA marker worked to perfection. The Borg have the fleet... What? Jack four. I know it's fan service, but the crew on the bridge of the D moi Chef's Kiss. Lastly, Pete J T Adkins J T A is me says Battlestar Enterprise ICA the only non-network ship in the fleet under the command of Gaius Baltar's son comes to the rescue. Now get J T Kirk out of cold storage to offer assistance in command of the seventeen oh one A in cooperation with Laris's Talshiar Cavalry Division. Uh, Janeway brings Voyager. Barclay commands New Jersey. Let's do this. <laughs> um, I know that's a bit tongue in cheek. There, I don't hate any of I it. I
1: don't hate any of that at all. I I just don't know that they're even allowed to to swing that big. Um, but boy, it, it's nice to to talk about it and and to dream. I. I think they have everything they need out of Jack. I don't know that there's a bigger plan than what they've done. And the rest of the plan is destruction.
0: Pete, to the email inbox we go. First up is Lauren, who says, hello, Matt and Pete. Okay, the good first. I absolutely loved seeing the Enterprise D again and seeing the Legacy crew step onto the bridge was like coming home. Data's childlike humor continues to delight me. And him saying hello to his chair was perfect. There was good setup for Rafi and Seven to resolve some of their relationship woes. While I'm sad that Captain Shaw is no more, I did appreciate the weight it gave the story to have a significant member of the cast die. Uh, it means anyone's fair game at this point. However, a lot of gaping plot holes, inconsistencies, and nonsense are making some major parts of the story a little hard to take seriously. Pete, let me pause Lauren's words here to say, I don't think Terry Matalist or Dave Blast listen to the podcast. This is a safe place where you can share concerns about plot holes and inconsistencies. And I thank Lauren for, for doing that in a way where you know we we can discuss back to lauren's words here for example the altered transporters the creepily cool way for the borg to infiltrate the federation somehow only affected the younger officers hmm that's awfully convenient why were the changelings and borg even working together in the first place while i was expecting the big reveal that jack was in some way connected to the borg this episode felt like it rushed through the explanation and left very little time for characters or the viewer to absorb what was happening I'm also not convinced that Jack is even necessary to the plot because the Borg seemingly didn't need him to assimilate the Federation. The voice of the Borg Queen implies Alice Kriega is going to be the next big cameo reveal. Is she the face? Uh, but I'm scratching my head to figure out how this makes sense if, one, her character died in first contact, and two, Agnes Jurati is the Borg Queen... I mean, the whole point of season two of Picard was that the Borg became something new, not necessarily a menace to the Federation anymore, right? So is this a timeline divergence? Pete, let me pause her words there because she has some more to say. I I find it interesting, among other things, Lauren, genius here. Uh, We have not talked about the face the entire time. Do we find out who that is or is that just Changeling HQ?
1: Uh, We don't know if... They all went away. The theory I had pitched was that that was Locutus made flesh. Um, I don't know. We don't know what changeling and or connected uh, threat remains out there. So, yeah, it's, it's another thing to need to come back to.
0: Uh, and I think too. I mean, Lauren asked good questions about the Gerardi board queens. I think we've I think we've kind of tackled thus far. Your thoughts here: a on how the Alice Krieger character exists despite having died in first contact, and second, do you think Alice Krieger is the big reveal?
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Alice Krieger came back at one point in Voyager. Um, I know they had used the other actress, um, on Voyager too, but I, I think she came back for the finale.
0: She was in the Voyager episode end game, which I believe is which the is, finale. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So she, she's still around, um,
0: and Pete, I'll just mention: I don't know if this is a spoiler or if it is a mistake because Memory Alpha, you know, can we recognize that Memory Alpha is fluid and as as details come, you know, d- details are in flux. So if you if this is about to spoil things for next week, feel free to skip ahead fifteen seconds. Memory Alpha references um, Alice Krieger playing the board queen in this episode of Picard as a holographic duplicate. Uh, unless I'm misreading I actually I'm sorry, I take that back. I'm misreading the way it's worded. Holographic duplicate in the lower decks episode. So I I take that back. Okay. Um no, say, yeah. n- no spoiler, no spoiler there. Um so I guess it's a fluid situation. Let's let's go back to Lauren's words here. Also, Audible fireworks in space. Nope. Sorry, that one got a big eye roll from me.
1: <laughs> a lot of people upset about the fireworks. We we accept that the Shrike blew up. In slow motion in front of us for super drama, but show me swirly fireworks that some people pointed out. They could be holograms
0: or and they could have like a subspace like they they emit a popping sound on your it's speaker. Cool you know I mean?
1: and celebratory to to look at and the irony to, hey, starship parade, Oh my God, the parade's turning on us.
0: Lauren says, with only one more episode left, I'm interested to see how they're going to wrap all this up. Thinking next week will feature a dramatic emotional climax between Picard and Jack. Perhaps Picard will have to somehow reconnect as Lacutis in order to win Jack over, and Jack as the transmitter will communicate with all the Borg and tell them to stop, or that resistance isn't futile, or something else equally dramatic. I also think that at some point in the last episode, Geordi will have to somehow alter the transporters to filter out the Borg DNA to fix everyone which I'm confident he can do, seeing as how he has single-handedly restored the Enterprise-D. Loving the podcast. Keep up the good work and stay fantastic. Pete, that from Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Pete, we now go to an email from Stacy who says, uh, Hi, Matt and Pete. First, a couple of thoughts on last week's pod. Matt, I get it's weird for a changeling to smoke. There's no reason for her to, but I still love it. She's a mustache-twirling, cigarette-smoking comic book villain, and Amanda Palmer uh, killed it. And I agree with the too much of Jack is unusual, and there are many mysteries about him. It made him a bit too dimensional. Uh, that's TWO, despite the fact that kind of misemphasized it there. And you already know they've dragged out the mysteries on at least uh, one episode too long. Okay, on to my thoughts on Vox. Oh my god, go through the freaking door. Tell us. Welp, there it is, <laughs> Borg. Organic transmitters and receivers. Oh, that's brilliant. Ah, I know that. Look, my grandmother had it when she asked me uh, if. Uh, What I have came from her. Yes, Jean Luc, it came from you, but how can you be blamed for something you didn't know about? Huh, Jack's in the scene. Jack in the scene is all of us in the last couple episodes. Just tell me. Well, now you know. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it isn't. Oh, Jack, you sweet summer child. Uh, You think you have a choice in this? The needs of the many and all that. Oh, whoops, forgot he can't control people. Wow, he thinks he's just going to take out the board queen. Definitely Jean Luc's son. Ah, data he knew there'd be no words but often the presence of a friend is enough brent spiner is still killing it the way they describe the borg biological adaptations laid like dormant in jack is so much how an autoimmune disorder works it's there until something triggers it someone knew their stuff when writing this and geordie he may be borg but that's not all he, uh that's not all he is he is more than his disability ah is there anything prettier than an enterprise leaving space doc uss pulaski phew that borg cube looks ominous even for a borg cube good god how did anyone think linking the ships like this was a good idea picard's right it's so borg like did no one notice or just didn't care wow ships all connected youngest members of starfleet assimilated via transporter buffer diabolical oh this is very bad poor geordie this is what he was talking about he couldn't protect his daughter's phew the collective voice of the borg the ships flying in unison the weak and willful will be eliminated so creepy hmm seems odd the shuttles wouldn't be connected uh insensitive of seven to call data the robot i expect better of her ah shaw i didn't think he'd be killed off oh and he calls her seven of nine didn't expect to shed tears for him but here we are Jordy has been restoring an old car in his garage. One last mission on the Enterprise D. Oh, Data, me too. That bridge. Oh, that bridge. She's perfect, Jordy. Yes, she is. Good work. Major Barrett's voice as the computer. Ah, Riker, there it is. We aren't just crew, we're family. Also, like, the whole universe is in peril, so it's not like they're going to say no. I said before, I'll say it again. Is there anything prettier than an Enterprise leaving space dock? I can't believe there's only one episode left. I have no idea how our intrepid crew is going to save the day. I can't wait to find out. As always, looking forward to your thoughts. Pete, That from Stacy, a.k.a. Stingray, a.k.a. TrekGirl88 on Twitter. I like Stacy's point about the shuttles, but it's what
1: the story told us. So we have to take it at face value.
0: Uh, Last email, Pete, comes from uh, Josefina, who says, Hey, fantastic. I had to listen to their explanation twice. I have a biology degree and work in oncology research. We have just the most smart, uh, like, capable, intelligent people who yeah, reach out to us. Uh, accomplished.
1: <laughs> Professional.
0: Um, th- thank goodness they're not having a cameo in Star Trek Picard. Uh, but I digress. Be back to Josephine's words here. Uh, I just had to listen to Data's explanations and throw out my voice in reason of scientific research. If only it were this simple to alter someone's DNA. Then I just pictured the board Queen reenacting Oprah, giving away cars. You're getting assimilated. <laughs> You're getting assimilated. Nope, you have gray hair. Move along, boomer.
1: <laughs> or, the, or the conspiracy clowns with RNA rewriting everyone's biology.
0: Ooh. Let's pause Josephine's words here just for a second to say, I wonder if that was, right? Because this would have been written right in the heart of of waiting for a vaccine that would have been in pre-production as the vaccine rolls out, as people yeah, are saying, but I'm in no way implying they're giving voice to those. Children. Oh, no, no. If anything, it's kind of the opposite. Like it's kind of, I don't know. I, I know perhaps I was arguing that that's what they were going for, but just this notion of it's easy to spread things. I, I don't know. That was more of a beat. Th- yeah. Let's but bring Josephina
1: back. coming in it with her background of oncology, clearly understanding that's not how the force works.
0: Absolutely. And indeed, back to Josephina's wise words here. Younger millennials and Gen Z were easily assimilated by a wireless signal. What? The next generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what they she did there. They won't put down their their text vapes. Uh, This is why I don't read the emails ahead of time for delightful moments like this. Anyhow, uh, she says, uh, okay, I need to stop. Wait, one more. Seven says, the process must have skipped a generation. And when Data was talking about the shuttle, Seven said, the robot's right. Oh, Data, haha. I really like seeing Data using his hands to communicate. And his facial expressions mimicked his emotions. He's been tapping into his emotional side so much, it's hard to think that he really is a robot, as well as more humor in this episode. I love it. I wanted to see Seven be captain of a ship, but not at the expense of Captain Shaw. I pictured him giving his command due to physical injury, rendering him incapacitated since he's been injured so many times this season. Oh, she's right. I do like how Rafi stayed behind with Seven and him. Uh, One, so she can cover Seven. Two, she still has uh, feelings for her. Three, so only the original TNG characters can go on to the Enterprise. I'm so glad the writers brought back the Enterprise and bridge scene and the way they poke fun at Worf, uh turbo lift opens and out walks everyone dr crusher holding onto her medical tricorder like she used to Worf being ungrateful for like a split second and deanna shutting him down was funny and fitting notice data acting nostalgic towards his old chair oh and the original computer voice wasn't she deanna's mom's voice like the actual actress uh who consistently played deanna's mom i have her voice set as my notifications on my phone uh i will say josephina yes it was Back to Josefina here. I'm being biased, but I love this episode. I feel like they're going to give us a good farewell. I do have some questions, though. Like, where Agnes from season, uh, where is Agnes from Season 2 when she became a part of the Borg? They didn't bring up the liquid floating uh, face either. I wish we spent more time on this story plot rather than so many episodes on Vatic. All of this sounds familiar to me. I bet a Changeling read USS Voyager's after-action report about Tuvix. I'm not uh, going to go into the dilemma about the Tuvix episode, but they sure did take a few notes on how to DIY mix DNA without making them all yes. look like bald <laughs> Picards walking around. Oh, Josephina, you're a delight. Uh, transporters have always been uh, in question throughout the Star Trek series. I bet Admiral Janeway is drinking a big cup of black coffee with a side of Tums right now, preparing to assist TNG in defeating the Borg again. And with that mental image, I'll leave you with data. Uh, staying more positive i hope we die quickly semper fi, pete that from josephina
1: it's it's a lot and i think a lot of the questions that josephina asked we've addressed in the body of the podcast we're all anxious for how it's going to play out both in terms of this next episode and then what it means for future iterations if they'll get them of Star Trek with this idea of a Star Trek legacy series.
0: Pete, from reference to Admiral Janeway, we now go to Admiral Fred in the Netherlands, who I am told is not a changeling.
2: Hello, Matt and Pete, and all listeners to Fantastic Geek. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 9. Picard to Shaw. It's our only option, Captain of course it is well that will cost him his life well we just knew he probably wouldn't survive just as we knew that it probably had to do something with Picard's being Locutus of Borg I really wonder if we will see the Borg Queen in the next episode or that this little scene where we see her on the back was actually planned for any worshiping. rest her soul in peace Who would otherwise have a bigger role in this episode. So because of this episode we know why they took all these older actors. Because you really need older people to save the whole galaxy. Because all young people that are infected by Picard's Borg DNA by transporters. They are influenced below the age of 25. Because that's the age until the brain develops. After that you just only deteriorate. Uh, But there is scientific evidence uh, just recently published that the brain still and especially the frontal lobes developing through until the age of (laughs) 30-40. My wife made the joke because I said well when they made this series this scientific knowledge was not there. so. Instead of stopping at 25 with developing your brain stopping at 30, 40. I said to my wife, well, when they were filming, they didn't know it. But then my wife said, they are living in the future. They should know it. By that time, this is old knowledge. Not being able to detect the Borg DNA in transporter data is, of course, scientifically uh, um, yeah, uh, a hoax. With present-day DNA techniques we would be able to detect it. We were able to reconstruct the whole Neanderthal genome just based on some ancient remains. Well, kudos to the actors that they can remember at their age this biological technobabble. In an interview with Whoopi Goldberg at the beginning of this season 3 with uh, uh, Patrick Stewart, Gates McFadden, Michael Dorn and Jonathan Frakes. He asked Sir Patrick what he thought of starting this series and then he explained that he didn't want to do a memory lane thing, and we all know it from the first two seasons, but that the producers had said, okay, how did you develop in the last 30 years? What did you experience? You became another man then 30 years ago. Well, the same is true for Picard. And then Sir Patrick took that along in his decision to do this. And he is actually, at the end, quite satisfied what it all became. But talking about memory lane... Getting the Enterprise D ready is of course very memory lane, and of course all fans will probably like this a lot. Okay, that will be all for this episode. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands.
0: Pete, Fred, highlighting that Star Trek always is in this race with science. You know, you think of, you think of the crazy. Uh, wireless technology that they had back in, you know, classic Trek. And now you look at it and go, there's no screen. There's no text messaging. What's up with that?
1: Yeah. And I just want to point out too, you know, we go from Josephina to uh, Fred. I mean, Matt, we're, we might be command division, you know, or your, you know, engineering division, but our science division listeners top notch.
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, great, great brains sharing thoughts here. I'm certainly I'm sympathetic to the production that somebody from Fred's perspective, he can call into question their inability to scan for the Picard DNA. I mean, I, let me do it this way. As a as a as a lay person, when it comes to such knowledge, I'm not that surprised to hear that it's it's kind of it's baloney that they could do it. And Fred's saying it's baloney that they couldn't scan for it. I guess it's, I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to to take issue with Fred's observation there, just let me be this way. I think we all kind of said, oh, that's a, that's a fake thing anyway, and not necessarily holding it to, uh, to great scientific, uh, regimen and all of that. But Fred, as always his wisdom shining upon us and indeed Pete, the, the kindness shone upon us by those who go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek, that is a kindness that we appreciate week in and week out.
1: Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to choose from. It takes just a dollar a month to get yourself behind that door. For our uh, Mandalorian podcast polls, we're even making that available uh, for you to vote on Patreon for free. So, you know, maybe you'll go vote, you'll see something you like, decide to help us out can't contribute this month, get yourself over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating or a review to any of our 33,
0: soon to be 34 podcast feeds with Ahsoka. And Pete, let's certainly keep the science fiction conversation going. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-A-T-L-R-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,849 followers. Can't be
0: wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter's Looking Back Lost. Do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are FantasticGeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash FantasticGeek, all one word
1: with the P and the H. Like it today.
0: For those awaiting the season finale of The Mandalorian, we will be watching that on Wednesday and podcasting it on Star Wars Saturday. For those awaiting the season, nay, series finale of Star Trek Picard, we'll be watching that on Thursday and podcasting it on Star Trek Sunday. So a big weekend next week. Uh, and then beyond that, Pete... We have some series wraps. We have some Guardians of the Galaxy in early, uh, in early May and goodies beyond there. Uh, but for now, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you, Pete, the final word.
1: I hope we die quickly.